24th day of the month. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 26-27 Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Hebrews 10, verses 24-25 Today's theme is life in community. As it takes an entire village to raise a child, so also it takes an entire congregation to nurture a Christian. God has created human beings in an interlocking system of relationships, apart from which we cannot flourish. The church is a gift from God in order that we may be provided with a community of faith in which to grow. In the process, this community holds us accountable and encourages us in our spiritual journey. Regular participation in the life of a congregation is intended to be mutually beneficial. As others spur us on, so we also spur others on. We are initiated into this community at baptism. Even death does not separate us from it, but rather translates us into another form of it. So that Charles Wesley could write, One family we dwell in God, one church above, beneath, though now divided by the stream, the narrow stream of death. What do you cherish most about your life in a Christian congregation? What do you think are your major contributions to others in the congregation? Opening Prayer O God of hosts, you are never alone. Even when you seem to us to be solitary in your splendor, you yourself live within the community of your triune being. As you are never alone, so you provide that we shall not be alone. Increase our appreciation for your gift of the church, imperfect though it is because of our many faults. By the unifying power of the Holy Spirit, visit us and bind us together as those who know themselves to be your people. Through Jesus Christ, whose promises we trust. Amen. Psalm 115, verses 9-18 through 18. But you, O Israel, put your trust in God. Trust your helper. Trust your ruler. Clan of Aaron, trust in God. Trust your helper. Trust your ruler. You who fear God, trust in God. Trust your helper. Trust your ruler. O God, remember us and bless us. Bless the families of Israel and Aaron. And let God bless all who fear God. Bless the small Bless the great. O oh, let God enlarge your families, giving growth to you, growth to your children. May you be blessed by God, by God who made heaven and earth. The heaven of heavens is for God, but he put us in charge of the earth. Dead people can't praise God, not a word to be heard from those buried in the ground. But we bless God. Oh, yes, we bless him now. We bless him always. Hallelujah. From the book of Genesis. Chapter 15, verses 1 through 21. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. 
But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord God who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them in two, laying each half over against the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcass, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain, that your offspring shall be aliens in a land that is not theirs, and shall be slaves there, and they shall be oppressed for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your ancestors in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down, it was dark, a smoking firepot, and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants, I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cabanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gergeshites, and the Jebusites. From the ninth chapter of the letter to the Hebrews, verses 1 through 15. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship in an earthly sanctuary, for a tent was constructed, the first one in which were the lampstand, the pable, and the bread of the presence. This is called the holy place. Beyond the second curtain was a tent called the Holy of Holies. In it stood the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which there were a golden urn holding the manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot speak now in detail. These preparations have thus been made. The priests go continually into the first tent to carry out their ritual duties, but only the high priest goes into the second. And he but once a year, and not without the taking the blood that he offers for himself and for the sins committed unintentionally by the people. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the sanctuary has not yet been disclosed as long as the first tent is still standing. This is a symbol of the present time, indicating that gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot protect the conscience of the worshiper, but deal only with food and drink and various baptisms, regulations for the body imposed until the time comes to set things right. But when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, as he entered once for all into the holy place, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. 
For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of the ashes of a heifer sanctifies those who have been deified, so, excuse me, those who have been defiled, so that their flesh is purified, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to worship the living God? From the Gospel of John, the fifth chapter. Verses 1 through 18. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, there is a pool called in Hebrew Bethzatha, which is five porticos. In these lay many ill, blind, lame, and paralyzed people. One man was there who had been ill for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The ill man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take up your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been cured, It is a Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your mat. But he answered them, the man who made me well said to me, Take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take it up and walk? And the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had disappeared in the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Do not sin any more, so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore the Jews started persecuting Jesus because he was doing such things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is still working, and I also am working. For this reason the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he was not only breaking the Sabbath, but was also calling God his own father, therefore making himself equal to God. These are the readings of the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Tuesday's Prayer God, our rock and our salvation, undergird us with your strength, lest we fail because we rely upon ourselves alone. Assist us with your Holy Spirit, that we may abide in your love and trust in your grace. Spread upon us your transforming power. Overpower us with your goodwill and forgiveness offered to us and to all through Christ our Savior. Amen. This is a prayer entitled Prayer of the Agnostic by Bob Hickok. Um, and it comes with a disclaimer. There is some strong language. Um, so if you're adverse to that, please um, please turn the podcast off or, or skip this. However, if you allow yourself to hear the prayer of someone that's struggling and presenting all of their doubts before God, um, and the mystery therein, there can be a, a beauty contained in this prayer, as I found. So with that, uh, a prayer of the agnostic by Bob Hickok. Lord, thank you. For my doubt, you exist in my certainty. I'm being watched by eyes of clouds and eyes of doorknobs when I dream or masturbate. When I insist upon harmony or recoil from a cord with a hammer against the knees of my neighbor, with nails in my throat as I run up the mountain to lean my breath against the possibility that you dwell within the disguise of air. 
Wondering if you're there has made it more interesting to be stoned, more challenging to find goddammit transgressive, and the time I rode my bike in church. I thought of you every lap. Would you spank me if you're real? Or climb on and rip a big-ass twee like any deity? I'd want to have a catch with wood. Thank you for letting me get away with that when I was 11 and curious about where all sorts of things fit in, such as myself, and particularly that part of myself that sometimes resembles a rudder and most often looks sleepy and useless. Thank you for yo-yos when I'm at it, and fog, and my wife, my wife who is not a fog and who believes in you without question, whereas I wonder if I could believe in question without you. If you're there, you're busy. If you're not, where's the there you're not? And is that the non-place I'm headed? A pondering only you can answer, and you're one mute motherfucker. I say that with affection, being something of an amateur hermit myself. And here's the deal. Someone or something needs to be thanked for the cornucopia. It might as well be you. You who are everything are just a syllable. Who are life or an utterance we need for the will to slink our way out the door. Thanks for the stars and making us from what was left of stars when they retired from light. Thanks for the garage band of crickets and the big band of waves, preferring their endless hallelujahs. I'm a fan of your work. Honestly, everything you've done or not done, from tapioca to suicide, gravity to gravitas, even the sharks in the womb who eat other sharks in the womb, thanks for how terribly, wonderfully creepy that is. For making that part of the story we're told by sunrise, told by tides of nucleotides and the atom smashing of kids playing with their buckets and sand, this has been, as they say, a hoot, a wonder, a pain in the ass. Thanks for the chance to be the form of life, the loudspeaker that puts the vastness into words, into mumbles and songs and prayers, and swirls them possibly back to you, possibly listening, possibly not. Amen. full version of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Receive this benediction from a 13th century Sarum liturgy. God be in your head and in your understanding. God be in your eyes and in your looking. God be in your mouth and in your speaking. God be in your heart and in your thinking. God be at your end and at your departing. Amen.